This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. In Christianity, there's a lot of talk about who Jesus is. Jesus himself encouraged this line of inquiry, asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? And he got a lot of answers in response, including Peter's famous profession, you are the Christ, the Son of God. When on trial, Jesus was repeatedly asked by the people in authority who he was, and then he was executed for who he said he was and what people were saying about him. The Gospel of John is centered around this theme of who Jesus is, centered on his seven I am statements, in which Jesus identifies himself using symbols and metaphors. He says, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and so forth. They're all, of course, based on the famous I am statement, and the story of the burning bush in Exodus, where God says, I am what I am. These I am statements of Jesus wonder got me wondering if there are also corresponding you are statements made by Jesus, telling us who or what we are. And so I did a search for these words in the Gospels. A lot of results I got back from the search were not from the lips of Jesus in the Gospels, but others, so I discarded those. And other times that Jesus uses those words, you are, most of those aren't relevant to what I'm talking about today. They're verses like, you are more value than the sparrows. Or he says to Peter, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God but the things of men. And Jesus said to a scribe, you are not far from the kingdom of God. He says to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things. Now those are nice verses, but they don't tell us anything about what Jesus taught about who we are, our spiritual identity. Also, I was not looking for what others said about us, our nature. For example, what the Apostle Paul says, or what Peter says, or what James says, or anything like that. I was not looking at what later Christianity says is human nature, says we are, but only what Jesus taught about who we are. And after sifting through all these you are statements in the Gospels spoken by Jesus, I found three in which Jesus taught us who we are. So let's look at those. The first two are found together in the early verses of the Sermon on the Mount, which itself is significant because that is the most important sermon that Jesus preached and the core of his teaching. The first is this, you are the salt of the earth. The full statement is, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. He says we're salt. 
Now, there have been a lot of sermons by, preached on those words by a lot of preachers, most of them reading later Christian theology back into Jesus' words. Preachers can wax eloquent about the medicinal, purifying, and preservative characteristics of salt. But Jesus doesn't deal with those. Jesus focused solely on the taste of salt. So let's explore that. When we put salt in food or in water, we can't see it, but we can taste it. Jesus is saying that that is what we are. This made me think immediately of that passage in the Upanishads, which I love, that uses the same metaphor. Let me read that section for you. A father is giving spiritual instruction to his son. The boy asks his father to teach him about the self, with a capital S. The father says, place this salt in water and bring it here tomorrow morning. And the boy did. Where is the salt? His father asked. I do not see it. Sip the water here. How does it taste? Salty, father. And here? And there? I taste it everywhere, the boy says. It is everywhere, though we see it not. Just so, dear one, the self is everywhere, within all things, although we see him not. There is nothing that does not come from him. Of everything, he is the inmost essence. He is the truth. He is the self-supreme. You are that, my son. You are that. Jesus is teaching the same thing. We are that. We are the salt of the earth. We are the essence present in all the earth. This essence cannot be seen when it's in food or beverage, but it is real. This essence can't be seen in this world, but it's real. Then Jesus gives the paradoxical statement about salt losing its taste. He says, if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. This, of course, cannot happen. Salt cannot become unsalty. If it is unsalty, it is not salt. We cannot be other than what we are. This is the wonderful thing about discovering the truth behind Jesus' teaching about our true nature. There's nothing that we have to do to be who we are. All we have to do is be. And that is effortless. The only way salt can be tasteless is if we mistake something for salt that is not salt. Like mistaking a grain of quartz, for example, for salt. If we do that, we'll break a tooth. It causes suffering. Likewise, we mistake ourselves for something we are not, and it causes suffering. We mistake the body for who we are. We mistake our possessions, our occupation, our nationality, our reputation, our minds, our thoughts, our feelings, our personality for who we are. We think we are what we are not. And that is the problem, and that causes suffering. We are the salt of the earth, the essence of earthly existence. That essence is what we are. 
be what you are. The second metaphor Jesus uses is a light. He says, you are the light of the world. Here are his full words. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is a powerful metaphor. What is light? We don't know. Scientists do not know. Light's a mystery. It's an energy that behaves both like a particle and like a wave. It is literally timeless. If we were to travel at the speed of light, time would stop. We are the light of the world. And the word for world that Jesus uses here is cosmos. We are the light of the universe. We are a mystery which cannot be understood. We are timeless. Time is an invention of our minds, but we are not bound by it. Furthermore, the Bible says God is light. The first epistle of John says this is the message we have heard from him, meaning heard from Jesus, and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light, and we are light, according to Jesus. Like with salt, Jesus focuses on one aspect of light, that it shines. You cannot see light itself, but you see everything by it. When you are walking outside, you don't notice light, but you notice everything by the light. And that's what we are. It's like awareness or consciousness, depending on which word you want to use. You cannot see it, but you see by it. Now this awareness is not secret knowledge available only to the religious or spiritual elite. It's a city set on a hill, Jesus said, obvious to anyone who happens to look up and see. Now Jesus, when he said that, probably had in mind the city of Sepphoris, which was the provincial capital of Galilee, not far from his hometown of Nazareth. And it had been destroyed not too long before Jesus' life, right before Jesus was born. And as a construction worker, Jesus was probably one of the workers who rebuilt that city. So it was very much a part of his upbringing and his early life. He could tell from experience that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Who and what we are is not hidden and cannot be hidden. It is absolutely obvious, yet people don't see it. It's the open secret, as Tony Parsons says. It's just a matter of opening our eyes. You are the light of the world. This you are statement has a parallel in one of Jesus's I am statements. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This happens in the Gospel of John shortly before Jesus then said the words, before Abraham was, I am. Referring, of course, to the words of God at the burning bush, which itself shone with the light. I am. Jesus had this self-identity 
of I am, this experience of being the light of the world. And then he says to us, you are the light of the world. Be who you are. Do not cover it up, Jesus says, with a false identity. Uncover it. Be what you are. The third you are statement spoken by Jesus is found in the Gospel of John. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He continues, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. You are branches, and therefore a part of the vine that Jesus identifies as his nature. Now, he's talking about grapevines, of course, which maybe a lot of us are not familiar with. I'm a little bit familiar with it. For a while, I had grapevines that bordered the property of one of the parsonages that I lived in as a pastor, and so I tried to tend them. I learned a little bit about them, not very much. Not enough to grow good grapes, but I learned a little bit. And I, and I tried my hand at pruning the branches to produce a, a better crop. One thing I learned that it's very hard to tell where to prune, where the vine stops and the branches begin. There really is no difference between the trunk and the cordon, it's called, and the arms and the shoots. The only thing different is age. It's really just a matter of semantics. So we label the parts and then we think that they are different when they are not. They're all the same. Grapevine. And that's the point of Jesus' metaphor. That the vines and the branches are one. And when they are separate, they're worthless. And they do not produce fruit. When they abide in each other, they are one. That is the common theme of the three you are statements. They are all about abiding in oneness. The salt is one with the water or the food. The light is one with the space and all the objects illuminated by the light. The branches are one with the vine. We are one with Christ. The oneness is what we are. Thinking we are separate is like salt that is tasteless. It's like a lamp under a basket or a branch without a vine. When we abide in the vine, the fruit of unitive awareness happens and we realize that we are one with the one that we call God. That is what we are. Be who you are. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. 
Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.